630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Coming off one of the worst seasons in franchise history, massive changes for the Edmonton Elks. President Chris Presson fired. General Manager Brock Sunderland fired. Head coach Jamie Elizondo fired. And now the search begins for replacements. They want to have a new president in mid to late January. They want to have a new general manager even sooner than that before the end of the calendar year so he can get ready for free agency in February. You know the story. The Elks were 0-7 at home in this pandemic-shortened season, 3-11 and overall. You got to go way, 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 way back to find a season with a lower win total, 1963. I can't tell you much about that year. They went 2-14. and they had a 4-10 and ten season way back in 1949. You watched it. You lived it. You were frustrated by it. And I know many of you wanted at least one head to roll. Well, the three biggest heads do indeed roll. And we will spend a lot of tonight's show talking about it. And, of course, I want to hear from you more about what comes next and your reaction to some of the things you're going to hear from Chairman of the Board, Ian Murray, who said at the news conference today in the Eagler Room at Commonwealth Stadium that, yes, he knows there's a lot of fan discontent. Well, we think we got to a point of kind of unprecedented, you know, irritation maybe is the word. Like we got a lot of feedback, all of us, you know, our own personal anecdotes with people reaching out to us personally or email or LinkedIn even. Um, And, you know, broadly, you know, phone calls coming to the team with complaints. So I I think there's a series of issues that culminated in a sort of a probably an unprecedented level of irritation by the fan base. A lot of that related to electronic ticketing, difficulties around that, the, the bag policy, some with the COVID mandate, just a combination of things. And frankly, the lack of home wins didn't put people in a very good mood. Right? So I think all that happened. Um, we hope that we've signaled to the fan base that we took are taking this very seriously and we think it's a big problem and we are going to address it like it's a big problem and put an action plan in place that's pretty, pretty aggressive. All right. Now, what is also interesting about this is that the CFL now has what's called an operations cap. It's basically a salary cap on how much you can spend on coaches and managers and if you relieve somebody of their duties with time left on their contract well they can still count against that cap so i asked ian murray what is going to happen with this how does it affect the elks okay so first you're right there is a there is an issue that we have to deal with in terms of the non-player salary cap we're still working through some of those issues and the calculations and we'll be having discussions with the league about that so i'm not in a position to be definitive with you now except to suggest that yes it's a factor yes it will have some adverse impact the extent is something i can't i wouldn't be in a position today to tell you all right so they're obviously working something out there maybe the league is going to step in and offer them some relief there is a there is an allowance that they can spread it out over the next five seasons to uh, to mitigate taking a big ding with that. But that is an ongoing storyline here with uh, Sunderland and Elizondo still having term left on their contracts. I thought Ian Murray today, the chairman of the board for the Elks, was very blunt. I thought he, and you're going to hear it in a clip coming up here, dove into some areas that often would be 
skirted around by somebody representing a pro sports team, whether it's the Elks or anybody else. Uh, uh, I, I didn't think he tried to uh, shine any areas of the organization or the league, quite frankly, that are, uh, are not very shiny at all right now. And uh, there are some problems and he's, he's indicated, he indicated there have been some problems here in Edmonton with the Elks, probably for the last 10 years or so, and some cracks that have gotten bigger and bigger along the way. And now you're at this point where, as he said in that first clip, you got a lot of things hitting at the same time. You got COVID that wiped out a season and affected how fans go to game this season, this year. You got the ticketing issues with the transition to electronic issues. You got customer service issues um, in, in which maybe fans weren't getting as quick a response as they they were they would like from team representatives. I don't think I've said this on air before. I had a fan uh, email me several weeks ago and say, I, I got an issue with tickets. I can't get an answer. Can you help me out? So I had to forward the email to somebody who gave him a bit of a bit of a, a hand. And then in my mind, the biggest problem of everything is is the losing. And the team was three and eleven. They were 0-7 at home. And as we've discussed a lot on this show when we talked about the team performance, quite really outclassed in a lot of those games. Um, I mean, I've referenced uh, the most recent bad year before this one was 2013 and they were four and 14 and they had, you know, what was it? Six or seven games. They lost by 10 points or less. You had Riley as a new quarterback who was coming on and and showing some excitement. And then that was a bad year, but maybe there was the sense of, okay, there are some horses in the stable that are going to turn into stallions. Uh, I think this year, maybe the cupboard seems a little bit more bare, perhaps, and players poised to break out and become CFL stars. So all this kind of happens at once. And now the board and the new president and GM coming in, whoever they are, are really going to have to confront this. And and here's a really interesting clip. It's it's a bit of a longer one, but there's a, a, several things in here that I, are, I think are really important. You hear Ian Murray say, talking about ongoing problems with the team, and he also gets into the demographics of the fans. Some of these problems, you know, can be rectified. When this went off the rails or how it went off the rails, you know, isn't clear. And I actually don't think it's fully off the rails. I think we can fix it, right? And we're committed to fixing it. But um, a lot of stuff went wrong. We had a lot of customer complaints. And we've had a lot of negative stuff that the board, you know, is very concerned about, right? And so as a result of that, we're taking action. Um, but there wasn't one moment, right? I, I don't think that's true. I think this, in fact, some of the disengagement with the community is probably a decade or so, you know, old. It's been a gradual issue. You know, we're not into the schools as much as we were in the old days. We're not engaging as aggressively with the multicultural community. Our demographics are brutal. They're old. They're, they're you know, disproportionately male and white even though our, that isn't representative of our community. So I'd say the problem is is not recent in its structural nature. Like we have a structural sort of long-term trend that is problematic. In the near term, we just did a bunch of stuff that antagonized our core fans. So if you could, you know, I'm giving you an awful long answer, Terry, but we have a short-term problem to get the existing fans back that are really upset with us. And then we have a medium to long-term problem to grow the fan base so it's more representative of the community. Well, I mean, he's he's pretty blunt. I mean, using the word that they antagonized core fans, I think, is a pretty strong statement. Uh, I mean, a lot of things there. 
that uh, disengagement with the community, a phrase that he used. Uh, players not get going into schools in the past. Uh, he didn't talk about this specifically, but remember the uproar a few years ago when Chris Jones uh, didn't have the players go to the Magic Monday at K-Days or, the, or whatever it was called at the time. Um, the demographics of the team. He said they're not engaging enough with the multicultural community. And what did he say? And this is something that I hear a lot of CFL fans say. The the average CFL fan is male, old, and white. Now, if you fit that demographic, and I pretty much do, they don't want they don't they're not telling you that they want you to stop caring about the games. They're telling you that they need to expand their fan base. So this is what I want to talk to you about tonight. And I, I assume if you're listening to this and dealing with what the Elks did today. You care at least a little bit, and probably some of you care a lot. And the hotline is open at 780-496-0063, courtesy CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. I I don't so much want to pick over the corpse of this season or dance on the graves of the people who were fired today. That has been dealt with. You heard what Ian Murray said. How do you basically repair the relationship with the community? That's what he's talking about. You know, if, if you got kids and, and they come home and say that an elk was reading in their school today or came to visit them, is that going to make you more likely to go to a game? You, you know, if you if if you see a player at the, the K-Days and you get to talk to them, is that going to make you go to a game? I, I'm curious. Or, or do they just have to be a better team? Or is this a bigger problem that the CFL is facing that the fans have been slowly going away, at least from the in-building attendance and have the fish jumped out of the jar here in terms of getting them back. And by the way, if you keep fish in a jar, I don't know if that's the safest thing for the fish, but you know what I'm talking about. 780-496-0063. We're going to kick off the calls in a couple of minutes with section. O. I am happy to hear from you. It's inside sports on Chet. So the Elks have fired Presson, Sunderland, and Elizondo. What's next? Section O is on the line. Section O, go ahead. Hey, Reed, how's it going today, buddy? Good. Good. Um, I start this phone call off by saying I've been a season ticket holder since 2002. Right now, I am looking at my ticket stub, and I keep them every single year from 2009, and my seat in 2009 cost $16. Reed, do you know right now how much a nosebleed seat at Commonwealth Stadium costs right now? No, you got to tell me. An adult ticket costs $57 on Ticketmaster plus your service charges. For a CFL product, how can a family of four afford $57 seats plus the parking or the LRT, whatever you do, but on top of that, you got $12 beer, you got grossly overpriced concessions you are pricing your demographic out now on top of that i've been to 12 gray cups and this is the unpopular opinion and some people are going to hate me for this but just like what ian said today i see the same old people year after year after year at the gray cup the population is declining and the youth isn't filling up the seats now on top of that that's also a cfl problem because they missed a generation marketing in the mid 2000s where they could have 
they could have re-energized re and gotten brand new youth, but the problem is they're not. Couple that with TSN's product on, on, on TV is phenomenal. Why would you pay $57 seat tickets when you can sit at home, grab a six-pack at the liquor store, sit on your nice comfy recliner and basically watch the game for a fraction of the cost. When I go and I talk to people, what's the best game that you've been to in the last 10 years? Without a doubt, everybody tells me it's the 2015 West final. What did the Elks do for that game? They sold end zone seats for 30 bucks and they basically threw out every single promotion that they did. And they had to not by choice, but by a CFL rule, but the fans took over that game. And that goes to tell me that the product on the field, in my opinion, doesn't matter. The majority of the fans that go to a CFL game look out the window and they go, oh, it's plus 20 and sunny outside. Where can I get a cheap ticket and just get blasted? Unfortunately, that is the demographic that goes to a CFL game. Now, you get those people in the stadium, you get butts in the seats, and if you can get a 10% return on investment, buying your season ticket or buying another ticket after that, that's what you work with. But nobody okay. nobody in this world is buying a $57 row 80 seat at Commonwealth Stadium. Okay, that is not happening. They need to completely scale back the ticket prices and whatever they did in their marketing playbook for the 2015 West Final, you need to be doing that every single game. The Elks right. got taken. They got taken. Okay, I'm going to jump in there, sectional, because yeah. I, I think you made your point very well, yeah. as you usually do, and you're also starting to break up a little bit. So, but I, I think you've definitely made your point. I appreciate you calling. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have Mike on the line. Mike, you're on with Reed. Go ahead, sir. Hey, I've been a sweet holder now for 17 years and 35 years season ticket before that. We spent five years cramming the uh, the whole idea that it's going to be the empire down everybody's throat, and it and everybody buys into it. And then when it comes time to change the name, they drop the ball, and we end up with the uh, the prey that, that that's easily hunted from the raw meat eater. I mean, the name is brutal. And, and and I'm not the only one to say that. Now, I realize we're kind of committed to that, so whatever, let's move on. But I completely agree with the last caller where ticket prices, you know, I went to an Aussie rules game in Melbourne where they have 96,000 people show up on a Tuesday night between two teams that are from the same city. Why is that? Tickets for the general population of basically the second deck and up were 13 or $15. And, and I really believe that that is a huge problem. Even if I want to bring extra people into the suite, I got to buy a $60 ticket for them because it's the cheapest seat in Commonwealth. And, uh, you know, I, I really believe that, that the youth, if you're under 12 and you come with an adult, your seats should be free. Honestly, just give them, give kids free seats and go from there. Mike, I let you down. I, I've got to apologize. I let you down. You let me down? I, I, I let you down. Because I knew I, I knew all along the name was not going to be Empire. I knew that for years. So I'm sorry I didn't communicate that more clearly. I could have done that. Yeah. But I appreciate your call. That's Mike, 780-496-0063. And I'm uh, happy to hear from you tonight as the uh, Elks make some major changes and we're trying to figure out where they go next uh, would simply if the tickets were $10 cheaper, $20 cheaper, if you could take your kid for free or for five bucks or 10 bucks, uh, would that make a difference? 
is it what section O said? And, and it's just easier to watch the game on television. And then if you want to change the channel or get up and go use your own bathroom or get a beer out of the fridge, it's just easier to do that. I, I think that's a discussion and that might be a bigger picture discussion about all of pro sports or are they eventually just all going to be on TV and people don't go at all. Um, I, I mean, the thing that upset me the most as an elk season ticket holder is that the team was very poor. And, and the games really, a lot of the games weren't interesting to watch. I mean, yes, they got two wins. Uh, yes, they hung in there, the two home games against Winnipeg. I guess the game against Ottawa came down to the final play. But I would say about half the games were kind of over early and you, you knew they weren't going to fight back. That's that's the biggest issue for me. But as as we know, I, I'm very limited, I suppose, in, in what I look at. I, other people have other things they want to talk about. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Dave Campbell's going to hop on as well. The Elks have cleaned house. It's Inside Sports on Chad. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.